Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where we teach everyday people how to transform their knowledge into income, unlock their true potential, and build the digital business of their dreams. This is Chad from the Ask Method team, and I'm the host for this season's Kick-Ass Podcast, where I'll be joined each week by the founder of the Ask Method, Ryan Levesque, to dive into all things high-ticket offers. Without further ado, here's today's show. Welcome back to season three of the Kick-Ass Podcast. We're jumping into episode two of this season, and we're joined by the founder of Ask Method, uh, Ryan Levesque himself. Ryan, welcome. How are you today? Chad, it's awesome to be here. I'm excited for a conversation. Yeah, me too. So we're going to jump in. Uh, as we talked about in, in the first episode, uh, if, you, if you have not listened to that, go back and, and listen to it. But we're going to jump straight into three reasons to launch your high-ticket offer right now. In this season, we're, we're talking everything high ticket. We kind of laid the groundwork in that first episode around defining uh, what high ticket means, why it works in every market. Ryan shared many examples of clients they're working with currently in weird markets, people across, you know, in, in Europe and charging in euros 10x what they were, what they, what, what they were charging. And what we found is there's really three reasons why people aren't launching their high ticket offer right now. So we're just going to hit those really hard. Uh, so Ryan, can I just share with us why, what are those three reasons we've seen in clients, uh, thousands of clients you've worked with that are maybe keeping them from launching that thing right now? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, so first when we talk about a high ticket offer, um, what we're talking about really is, you know, something that's at the upper end of your market. Typically it's in the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. In some cases it could be even more than that. Um, but it's in, in contrast to like a $10 book that someone might buy. So it gives you the opportunity to deliver a bigger transformation. You're working with more invested clients. It gives you bigger margin and budget to work with. Um, and uh, believe it or not, high ticket clients tend to be lower maintenance clients as well. There's this interesting law of the universe. So there are a lot of reasons why this is great. Um, but yet, despite all those big benefits and really attractive elements of a high ticket offer, there are a couple of reasons that I think that hold people back. And these are the things that I hear over and over and over again. So the first big reason that I hear is people say, um, I don't think my market will pay. Like I don't have these buyers. No one's going to spend that kind of money in my market. Right. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, second big reason is people say, but I don't have an audience. Like I don't have anybody to sell to. Like I need a big, big audience if I want to generate big, big dollar sales. Um, and uh, the third big reason is people will say, um, I don't even know what to sell. Like I, this, this idea of like making like, you know, two to $20,000 in profit per sale. Like, yeah, sign me up, man. Like I'm in, um, but I have no idea what the heck I'm going to sell because my business is fill in the blank, you know, and I, they talk to everyone from you know naturopathic physicians to financial planners to uh, coaches, consultants to course creators to um, people who maybe are in a different type of business and you know they sell widgets and they've had never envisioned what this might look like. So um, I think it's let's let's recap each of these one by one. Let's touch on the, each of these one by one and talk about why even if you've never done this before or you haven't had success in the past, why um, this model is so powerful and um, and why you can get started no matter what resources you're beginning with, what experience you're beginning with, or lack of experience you might have. So first things first, you know, will your market pay? Um, we talked about this in episode one, but I'll recap it right now. There's this dynamic that exists in every market. And it does not matter what you sell. Um, it's called in-up max. And basically what that means is there's a price point in your market that 100% of people will pay to solve a problem. You know, it might be $20. 
in that same market, 10% of that audience will spend 10 times as much money. So 10% of that audience will spend $200. And then 10% of that 10% or 1% will solve, will spend a hundred times as much. So they'll spend $2,000. Now, um, that in up max dynamic exists in every market. It's universal. Um, the price points might be different. So if you're like in a hobby market, like, you know, orchid care or, you know, teaching people watercolor painting, that might be a different, you know, 20, 200, 2000 versus if you're a financial planner and you help people, you know, invest in real estate, maybe it's, I don't know, 200, $2,000, $20,000 in that same dynamic. So the dynamic exists universally, but the reality is it does not matter what market you're in. There's always going to be a sub segment, a small percent of your market that is willing to spend big dollars to solve that problem. Um, and, um, I've seen this in every market from the tennis market. I shared an example in the last, um, uh, interview, the last conversation we had about someone in the tennis market that sold a $10,000 tennis training package for a weekend made over $140,000. Like if you've ever, you know, taken tennis lessons or like maybe sent your kids to take tennis lessons. Yeah. Like you can, you know, spend $50 at the rec center and get tennis lessons by like the guy at the, you know, the rec center. But there's some people who will spend $10,000 for an experience. Um, I shared an example, guitar, same thing. Like you can watch YouTube videos online and learn how to play guitar. You can download one of those apps on your phone and spend 10 bucks at the iTunes store. Um, but I shared the story of Charlie who created a mastermind that he sold for $12,000, made $96,000 in a weekend um, delivering this guitar training experience. So um, yes, it can happen in any market. Um, and even markets that people think, really, are people going to pay for that? There's so much free information online. Why would they pay to solve this? Mm -hmm. It happens in every market. So I'll pause there. That's the first big thing that holds people back. And um, the fact is there are what we call people with money, PWMs, um, you know, the, the shut up and take my money, like segment of the market, um, in every market, it does not matter what mm -hmm. you sell. So I'm sure there's some people listening right now that are like, yes, that worked for you, but I'm, I'm just starting off. I don't, you know, we've already kind of, I don't have an audience, whatever. So I'm just going to go low ticket first. I'm just going to yeah. prove to myself that I can sell the 20 and $30 thing versus the 2000 or $10,000. Right. Right. What would you say to them? Great question. I see this all the time. People think, all right, so I need to start with like my, I'm going to do my like $20 book. And then from the $20 book, I'm going to create like a $200 course. And then when I create my $200 course, I'm going to create like a $2,000 like consulting package. Um, the reality is you, the, the, the idea of the ascension model that people must start at the bottom and climb their way up to the top is, is a false dichotomy. It is a, it is a myth. Um, there are people who want to start right at the top. And in fact, it's a lot easier to start at the top. Think about it. It's a heck of a lot easier to, to have a boulder at the top of the mountain that you just push down, just, just rolls down mm -hmm. the side of the hill than to push that same boulder uphill. In fact, mm -hmm. that's exactly how we started our company, the Ask Method Company. It's a six-time Inc. 5000 company, fastest growing company in America for many, many years. Um, we've grown this business from a, you know, a, literally a, a kitchen table operation to tens of millions of dollars. And, um, and the way we started this business was with a $10,000 seminar, a $10,000 event that we then recorded. We took the recordings of that event and made it into a $2,000 course 
we took the recordings of that $2,000 course and that served as the outline for our first book, Ask, which then was made into a number one national bestseller. So we actually started at the top. We started with our high ticket, went to our mid ticket, and then went to our low ticket third. It's a lot faster, more profitable, and more lucrative to start at the top because you can take the profits from that high ticket offer and reinvest them in your business. That's exactly what we did. It's how we were able to grow this business. We took on no debt, no outside investors. We literally grew this business ourselves from the cash flow in the business. And that's exactly how we did it. So, um, and the beautiful thing is, um, you can make, if you do the math, like you can pull out a calculator and you can see this, you can make the same amount of money or more with a tiny number of clients when you're selling high ticket. So you get 10 people in a room, and teach them mm-hmm. something or work with them. And you can make more money with those 10 people than trying to get a thousand people to buy your yeah. book. And it's, yeah. it's hard to sell a thousand copies of a book. Like, I'm just going to say it right mm-hmm. now. Like yeah. <laughs> getting 10 people in a room, you know, 10 people, like you can go through your Gmail contact list, your Facebook friend list, the people you're connected to on uh, LinkedIn, the people you've interacted with, the business cards that you have in your file, the people that you met at the last event, your contact records on your phone. You can find 10 people to give you money or something. And even if it's not $10,000, even if it's $1,000, that's $10,000 that's sitting there right now. If you pick up your cell phone, that's sitting in the palm of your hand with just a few text messages, a few emails, that $10,000 is there. You just need to grab it. That's it. That's why starting with high ticket is so powerful. And that's why I'm so bullish about it. And that's why I advocate mm-hmm. for it so much. Absolutely. And you kind of jumped into this a little bit, but you know, what about your audience? You, know, you don't have a big list yet. You kind of just went, you know, like, you, you know, enough people um, right. and kind of building your own kind of gorilla, a little bit of a gorilla style um, going after it. Yeah. You don't need, you don't need big. You just need, you know, I think it's, um, uh, those who don't have resources must be resourceful. Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban said this. Um, and basically what that means is if you don't have resources, if you don't have, you know, a million people on your email list, you got to be resourceful. And that's exactly what, what I did. And I worked with a client recently. We worked with a client recently. His name is Justin. And, um, Justin was the same boat. He, um, wanted to start a high ticket offer. He wanted to teach people, uh, this form of, it was an investing, um, a way to invest. And he's someone who's had, a, had success in um, investing in uh, mobile home parks. So, you know, in, in, um, in uh, what they call MHP in the business, mobile home parks. And he wanted to help people with this thing. The only problem was like, he, he'd never taught anything before. He'd never, he's, he's not a guru. He's not an expert. He wasn't an author at the time. He, he is now, but he wasn't an author. He didn't have a following. He didn't have an email list or anything. And so we worked together to craft basically just a few emails to send out to people in his network, like people on his, mm-hmm. literally his Gmail list. Like, that's it. Like just people like on Gmail and, um, and with literally no business, no product, no experience, he came up with a, we came up with a $10,000 package and he sold 23 people, mm-hmm. 23 people, again, not thousands of people, but 23 people times $10,000, 230 thousand dollars in less than 24 hours. Now, like if th- those numbers aren't believable, like, okay, it's just, just take a zero off that, right? $23,000 in less than 24 hours. And we routinely see this type of thing. So, and that's how I started. I didn't have a big list or an audience or anything like that. I had like a hundred people on my email list. I think it was like an Aweber list at the time, back when Aweber was a thing. And, um, you know, I sent a few emails out and I made $59,000, 16 sales in less than 48 hours. So I have personal experience. 
vast amounts of client experience working with our team to implement this. Um, and so we've seen it in all sorts of different yeah. markets. Yeah. So we just covered, you know, this kind of fear of you don't have a big audience. So right. I'm not going to go and do high ticket. Um, you know, there's people, people in the market, they're not going to buy. So we've kind of right. covered that. Um, that, that third one is, you know, I don't have the offer yet, or I don't know exactly what I should sell. Um, how should someone be thinking about that and structuring kind of what a high ticket could be if maybe they don't have the offer yet, or even kind of, you mentioned that Ascension model. I wish we could have a whole episode around that, mm. you know, kind of it being a myth. Cause it is, it is so true, you know, that everyone's just got to go from here to here to here. Uh, and it's just not true. You know, what companies other than people that want to sell you information online, tell you it, you know, like right. what's Tesla's, what's Tesla's Ascension model? You know, yeah. uh, they started Tesla. with a very expensive yeah. product. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't happen. Exactly. You know? well, here's the thing: they're they're fast twitch buyers and they're slow twitch buyers in every market. Mm -hmm. And yeah. high ticket buyers tend to be fast twitch. They're not the mm -hmm. type of people that that want to go through ten thousand steps or hurdles in order to to mm -hmm. buy. Like they're they're like, I've got the money. I, I've, I'm ready to invest. Like, how do I move forward right now? And so you want to build your sales process around that fast switch buyer, which we'll talk about in a, in a future episode for anybody who's interested in actually how you sell on the back of it. Um, but let's mm -hmm. just talk about like, if you don't have anything at all right now, like you like this idea, but you're like, I don't have anything to sell right now. Every high ticket offer that I've ever created, launched and sold in my career, I've sold it before we built it. That's like a dirty little secret, right? So like <laughs> it didn't exist. It was an idea. Because here's I don't know the anyone in this space that has created it before they sold it. Not just you. I don't think anyone in this space that I know of has done that. <laughs> it's yeah, I know, right? Um, but, the, but the reality is, um, like, what's the worst that can happen? You sell something and you if you get zero sales, you just don't do it. Okay, great. You get one sale. And you're like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? You, know, you sell like a, an event, for example, and it's like, oh, I sold one ticket at $5,000. Do I do it? Do I not do it? You know, that's up to you. Like in my, I would you generally say, do it, record the thing, and then you've got a product out of it. Like that's what's beautiful. Like that added little benefit. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. You sell it before you build it. And here's what's beautiful. When you follow the model that, that we've really, you know, implemented over the last decade plus, you, you, you use the, the message from your market to design the content of the product. So when people buy, after someone buys, you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Like, I have no idea what I'm going to sell, what it's going to be. After people buy, you have an intake process where you ask them, what do you want to make sure we cover? <laughs> we got two days together. If it's like an event or we're going to be working together for the next six weeks, or it's a one day seminar, whatever you're putting together. What would you like to make sure that we cover? What are your biggest questions? What are your biggest challenges? And your clientele who give you money will be able to help you co-create what that is going to be. And what do you think is going to happen at the end of that experience? When you say, Hey, here's the 10 things that you wanted to know. We've covered these 10 things. What did you think about this experience? They're going to say, oh my yeah. gosh, this is amazing, right? So like, yeah. you know, it takes the guesswork out of the whole process. So you don't have to have anything right now. In fact, if you don't have the baggage of having created something, you're actually at an, at an advantage because you can start 100%. with that blank piece of paper. You can start literally yeah. blank piece of paper and you can say, you tell me what you'd like to know. We'll make sure we cover that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I actually coach people that all the time. People that, you know, see courses as mailbox money. Mm. You know, I just need to create a digital course. The problem with the digital course is it's typically more expensive than you ever think to record it more time. And, and then you've got it. It's like, it's there. And then you're stuck kind of following that content. 
but right. it's all like, it's always better when you kind of sell it before you build it. Cause then you get real life people giving you feedback. <laughs> and I always tell people like do one or two of those before you ever finalize that into a course. Otherwise you're going to reshoot that course because you're always going to be tinkering. Whereas you can tinker in a live setting, get people's feedback and, you know, know what people's biggest objections are. Actually that, that model wasn't a hundred percent. It wasn't a slam dunk. It was a seven out of 10 when I taught it in person. I'm going to perfect that before I actually kind of make that the framework for X, Y, Z in, in the course, you know? And so I totally agree. I think selling it before you build it is huge. I think can also keep you um, as a, you know, as the business owner thinking you've got to perfect everything before right. you bring it to market, you know, and you well, let your market really tell you what you need. One more thing I want to add to that before we jump to the next point, you, you said something that really kind of sparked the thought in my mind. And it's this, um, again, it's one of these like crazy laws of the universe, but, um, the higher ticket offer, the higher the ticket of the offer that you put together, the lower the production quality generally it can be. What I mean by that is this, people want to pay for the real and raw. They want to mm -hmm. feel like they want to, they'll pay for like what it's really like getting real questions answered in a real life raw environment versus lower ticket. Try selling a book on Amazon that hasn't been proofread by a copy editor, like a hundred times, you'll be roasted a lot. Like if you, if you send like a first draft version, even though the book only costs five bucks, people will not forgive a single grammatical error in that book. They will make, they will, you will hear about so it. True. Right. Versus people yeah. will, you know, pay $50,000 to spend time with you or $5,000 or a thousand, whatever it is to spend time with you. And if you stumble over your words, but you're, it's the real and raw experience. You don't have to have fancy production with high ticket, which mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why I love it so much. You get to be yourself. You get to tr tell the true, honest, you know, tr truth of whatever it is that you help people with and their expectations aren't that you have to be perfect. Like, like the real and raw experience is actually more valuable than the overly produced, overly polished, fake social media, Instagram mm -hmm. veneer that most people put out there. They want the truth. They want the real yep. and raw. You can give it to them with a high ticket offer. So good. That is so true. Uh, so Kind of moving on kind of to this next question, which um, is actually a question I've gotten a lot lately around people yeah. asking me even my own, like, can, you know, in today's market today, you know, the, this word recession that some people are using, some people aren't using, right. uh, can we sell in, in a recession? Can we sell a high ticket offer in a recession or should we, you know, just cower back and let's just, you know, go to the low ticket and try to try to make money that way. Uh, what would you say to people that are, are maybe using the recession as an excuse to not create a high ticket offer? Yeah. You know, so there are various shades, right? So high ticket does not necessarily mean like luxury or um, unnecessary purchase. It doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're selling something that is a, uh, an indulgence or a luxury item. That's not what high ticket means. So if we look at our mm -hmm. three types of high ticket buyers, um, uh, uh, you know, we looked at the money versus time buyers, right? So uh, people with money, um, there's an income gap that is happening in the world. 
and and I've I've seen this myself play out in a number of different ways, different peer groups that I'm part of, um, a lot of the reading that I spend a lot of time on. And the reality is, you know, a recession hits different people in different ways. People who are just struggling to make ends meet, who are struggling to pay their bills, pay their mortgage, put groceries, you know, pay for their groceries, put food on the table. Um, a recession will hit that audience of people in a much different way than the widening income gap is 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 impacting people on the other end of that equation. Um, and I'll give you an example of this. Like we, you know, you're hearing about uh, the real estate market, for example, slowing down. Um, and uh, we're looking at making a real estate investment purchase in um, uh, uh, for ourselves. And um, we had eight properties that we were supposed to see over a period of a week, and they're all within a similar price point. And uh, right now, it's so like right now, as as we're um, having this conversation, recording this, um, five of the eight properties sold. Uh, went under contract, excuse me. So we, you know, went under contract before we could even see them. So in other words, we scheduled appointments like on a Friday with the intent that we were going to see properties on, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, eight of them, hmm. five out of the eight before we could even set foot on the property had already sold. Now this is not true in every, uh, uh price point, but at this particular price point, things are moving incredibly fast. So we've got to be careful of the echo chamber that we might be inside of at any given time. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be a segment of the market that is willing to spend at any time and able to spend what we call PWMs, people with money. So that's that first group of buyers, the money versus time buyers. Second is the investment versus expense buyers. Um, typically in a recession, this is time when people will reinvest in themselves. They'll retreat inwardly and say, all right, this is an opportunity for me to invest in myself to maybe change my career. If, I, if my job prospects aren't great right now, let me reinvest in my education so I can set myself up for success mm -hmm. at the next economic cycle. Um, so you'll find that people will invest in themselves to learn a new skill, to up-level their career, to, to get a degree, to get certifications. And these are all opportunities for high-ticket offers that you can put into the world. Um, and the third, who versus how, at the same time that people are um, sort of doubling down on themselves, they'll double down on what's working for themselves, working what they're good at, their core skills. People say, all right, um, I'm good at this thing. I'm going to stay in my lane um, because I don't want to necessarily take chances on like going out there in the world. I'm a who versus how person. I just want to hire people. I just want to get the best who's of my life so I can stay in my lane and stay focused on what I'm doing. So no matter what sort of buyer type you're looking at, there is a huge opportunity in any economic cycle, certainly in a slower or even recessionary economic cycle. And the last thing that I'll say to this, and this is a quote that's always just stood out in my mind by one of the greatest thinkers, certainly one of the greatest investors um, of our generation, for most of us listening to this or watching this right now, that we'll probably ever see in our lifetime, the great Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is quite famous for saying, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So when the news cycle is promoting doom and gloom, what do you think the greatest investors and greatest thinkers of our time are doing? Are they retreating in the back or are they going on off? Looking for opportunity. Opportunity. They're looking for looking opportunity. For Exactly. So that represents customers that could potentially come into your world. It also represents a way of thinking that you might want to be incorporating in your life. 
if everybody out there is afraid of putting a high ticket offer out there because they're saying, oh, the, the economy is receding, the economy is getting is shrinking, let me go down to these low ticket offers. It creates a void in the marketplace, a void that someone gets to step into. I'll be stepping into it in full disclosure. Yeah. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this or watching this right now, to step into it as well. I totally agree. And, you know, you hear the term, you know, Hey, my company or my product is recession proof or, you know, whatever. But what I I would say in your company, more than likely the one offer that's going to be recession proof, if you do it well, and you've got the transformation and the selling points really dialed in is your high ticket offer more than likely your low ticket offer and other items like that will be the first things that people cut out of their budget because it's not offering the greater transformation, the greater maybe change in their life, greater opportunity to make more money, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say, you know, this recession proof, and, you know, I am lucky enough and fortunate enough to live in a community with, you know, this income gap is a real thing. And it's something I've really realized in the last two years and having these conversations is exactly what you said. Like they are all going on the offensive. They're the people buying that land before you can go watch, go, go even look at it. Because it's it's all about opportunity and those conversations. It's it's amazing. You start to you just see the world in a different different place. And what I would challenge each of you that are listening in your own business is where is that opportunity? And I think why we are doubling down right now on high ticket is because high ticket is going to be the way that ensures that you know how to serve your your audience even in the middle of a recession. Mm. And we just touched on that, you know, like. This episode is all about launching your high ticket offer right now. You know, there's a market for it. You don't have to have a massive audience and you can actually sell it before you create it. All those things that Ryan talked about. You know? Absolutely. So go ahead, jump in, create that high ticket. Um, you know, next episode, uh, as, we, as we continue this season of helping helping you identify how to create high ticket offers and how to build your business through that, we're going to focus on helping coaches and consultants specifically kind of get out of this one-on-one client trap. Uh, we know this is a large segment of our audience, coaches and consultants, and their, their default is trading time for money and that time for money one-on-one. And so next episode, we're going to jump in there. Uh, so tune in uh, to the next episode. Uh, listen to whatever, you know, Apple podcasts, Spotify, whatever, whatever works for you. Um, if, if this is a, is a helpful, helpful podcast, uh, one of the things we we would love for you to do is share with someone that may that you may find this is is helpful. Uh, share, post a review. All of that is really really helpful for us to continue to spread the word to help business owners just like you continue to grow and scale their businesses. So thanks for tuning in. Look forward to chatting next week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation around high ticket offers. I know you're going to love our upcoming pay as you're able workshop on November 18th. All of the proceeds in this workshop will go to help build schools in Africa through an organization that Ryan and the team have been supporting for years. This is a workshop you do not want to miss. It's going to be three hours where Ryan and the team are going to go deep with you on all things, high ticket programs on how to price, create the right offer, ultimately sell it and scale that offer. It's going to be doing that through case studies, his own unique frameworks and proprietary systems. Trust me, you're going to want to be at this three-hour workshop. You can go ahead and reserve your seat today by signing up at askmethod.com forward slash 
iTicket. Again, that's askmethod.com forward slash iTicket. Thanks for tuning in and look forward to seeing you at the workshop.